Thank you for joining the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Northwestern Division for today's Missouri River Basin Water Management Conference call and webinar. These updates have been held monthly from January, usually through June, since 2012. Those invited to attend include congressional representatives, tribal, state, and local government officials to include emergency managers, local levy sponsors, and the media. Nearly 900 invitations are sent for this call each month. Today we will provide an update on the Corps' actions in the basin with regard to Missouri River operations, flood recovery operations, and support to local communities, states, and the tribes. I'm Eileen Williamson, and I will be moderating today's call. Slides from today's call are available on our website at www.nwd-mr.usace.army.mil slash rcc and are linked in today's press release. These calls are recorded and placed on the Defense Video and Imagery Distribution System at www.dvidshub.net slash unit slash USACE NWD. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. We are currently experiencing an issue with our news release function on our website, so any news or media releases are being posted to the same link mentioned earlier. For the convenience of our media representatives, the final slide of this presentation includes each speaker's name, title, and contact information. All lines have been placed on mute. When we get to the question and answer period, to unmute your line to ask a question, press star six. Please be aware that the forced mute function does not work on all phones, so if I ask, please use your phone's own mute function to avoid interrupting the call. Do not place the call on hold. Today's agenda includes Kevin Lau from the National Weather Service, who will provide a climate outlook and a basin conditions and flood outlook. Missouri River Water Management staff with 2020 runoff forecast and reservoir regulation details, as well as updates from the Omaha and Kansas City districts. With that, I'll turn it over to Kevin Lau. Okay, thank you, Eileen. And on behalf of the National Weather Service, I'd like to thank uh, the Corps for inviting us to participate on this series of calls. Um, I'll be giving the uh, climate and weather brief as well. Uh, Doug Cluck could not be with us today. So uh, first of all, I'll um, talk about our, let's see, next slide, please. Okay, very good. Okay, so. Um, this graphic shows the uh, last three months, both temperature on the left and precipitation on the right. Uh, it's uh, been a mild uh, winter, and also as far as the uh, precipitation goes, kind of a mixed bag. Um, some pockets have uh, received quite a little bit of uh, precipitation, and others have not. Uh, moving to the next slide, we'll go to the last 30 days and look at the same sort of information. Again, uh, more or less, it's been a, uh, a mild uh, past, um, well, February. And for the most part, it's been a dry February, except for some pockets in eastern Montana and Wyoming that you can see there, and then uh, uh, the southern part of Kansas, but that's really outside our basin. And so uh, the next slide, please. So um, we still have elevated uh, stream flows for much of the basin. Uh, either either at, at uh, average there in Missouri or above average uh, for uh, the non-iced end gauges. So we're still riding high on the river stages. And next slide, please. 
Uh, mountain snow, of course, drives about 50% uh, or so of the upper basin runoff, and, and we do have an above uh, normal mountain snowpack. Uh, we have anywhere from 10 to upwards of 30% above normal. Uh, that's on the uh, left-hand side. The right-hand side was a month ago. We really haven't uh, changed percentages too much uh, from this time last month with regard to mountain snow. Uh, next slide, please. And then the plain snow, uh, we continue to uh, lose a little bit of plain snow. The, the only significant plain snow that we still have is in the uh, Black Hills area, if you consider that to be plains. Uh, we have something on the order of from 5 to 10 inches of water there in the Black Hills. But uh, what's concerning uh, me, most of all, is the, uh, is the uh, snow water equivalent that still remains in the um, uh, eastern Dakotas, uh, primarily in the uh, James and Big Sioux uh, watersheds. And I'll talk about that a little bit later on. But that's um, basically where the, uh, the plain snowpack is limited to the eastern Dakota area. And next slide, please. So this is the precipitation outlook uh, for the next seven days. Actually, this was uh, from yesterday, so it goes out uh, through the 11th, and for the most part, uh, we, uh, the basin remains uh, fairly dry over the next uh, seven days. We do see some um, uh, rain moving in day four or five in Missouri, uh, half an inch to an inch, uh, but overall, uh, the next seven days looks uh, really positive uh, for not much rain activity. And the next slide. And so this is the uh, temperature and precipitation uh, outlook that's provided by the Climate Prediction Center. And this is for week two. So this is uh, for the period uh, March 11 through the 17th. And it shows for the entire basin that uh, odds are favoring the continuation of the mild temperatures. Uh, and unfortunately, it also uh, says that we're going to have uh, the, the odds are leaning toward uh, wetter than normal, at least in the southern basin, not over Montana, Wyoming, or east or western Dakotas, but for the remainder of the Missouri Basin, uh, there is uh, that chance for uh, increased or odds favoring above normal precipitation. So that's that's week two, and with the next slide, we go out a little further. Well, no, we don't. Um, so this is the hazards outlook that CPC also puts out, and I clipped a couple of the graphics, and basically what's showing is that uh, there's really no signal for heavy precipitation anywhere within the basin, and uh, heavy snows, there's no indication that we would have heavy snows in the period of week two, that'd be uh, March 11th through 17th. Okay, now I think we'll go out a little further with the seasonal outlooks with the next, yeah. So uh, this is the month of March. Month of March shows that we should be above uh, normal as far as the te uh, temperatures go, and uh, March looks really good for us uh, with regard to precipitation. Um, odds favoring uh, below normal for Nebraska and Kansas, and then equal chances for the remainder of the basin, which means that the signals are not there to indicate whether it's above normal or below normal or, or normal. So the signals aren't aren't there to help us uh, uh, graph that out. But um, so equal chances as far as precipitation goes for the month of March. And the next slide. 
And so this goes for the next three months. So this includes the month of March, but also includes April and May. And basically what we see for the temperatures is that uh, not having a strong insole signal, uh, there's not uh, a good um, understanding of whether or not the temperatures will be uh, above normal, below normal, or normal for the next three months. Uh, rainfall, however, there is, uh, for most of the basin, uh, there is uh, odds favoring a uh, continuation of the above, uh, odds favoring above normal precipitation. So that's, that's not a positive, and again, this is for March through May time period. So we do expect there are odds favoring um, above normal precipitation. And next slide, please. Uh, needless, <laughs> needless to say, we don't have a lot of area that's experiencing uh, dryness with regard to the basin. There is um, a, a portion of extreme western Kansas and Colorado uh, that is dry, and the, uh, that's in the upper left uh, corner of the graphic, and the lower right graphic shows that conditions as far as uh, drought is concerned is not expected to change through May. So uh, the dryness there in, the, uh, in western Kansas is not uh, uh, expected to change, nor is uh, the whole outlook expected to change as far as drought conditions go. Kind of goes without saying, though. And then the next slide. And so the key points as far as the uh, past weather and climate and future climate is that um, the insole condition, as I mentioned earlier, there's, there's really not a strong signal because we are in a neutral condition, and that neutral condition is expected uh, to go into the summer of 2020. Uh, plain snowpack is uh, limited for the most part to eastern uh, Dakotas with two to three plus inch amounts there, uh, primarily again in the, in the headwaters of the James and the Big Sioux. Uh, mountain snowpack is uh, somewhat above normal, but that's not concerning, uh, at least as far as uh, flood risk. Uh, again, temperatures are warmer than normal in March, but there's no strong signal in April and May, so we don't know where the temperatures are going to go in April and May. Uh, and, but, however, precipitation is, um, the odds are favoring above normal through May. And then uh, Doug wanted me to pass along that um, the next uh, climate webinar that he hosts uh, will be next week, I guess it is. No, in two weeks, March the 19th. Uh, and I believe the uh, State Climatology Office out of uh, Michigan will be uh, the guest speaker for that webinar. So that information there is on that slide of how to register and gain access to that climate outlook. Okay, and now we'll move to an area that I am a little bit more comfortable with, and that is uh, flood risk for the basin. I just have this one slide. Um, as I stated, uh, mountain snowpack is uh, somewhat above normal uh, for this time of year. We've um, come about 80%. Uh, we've reached the 80% point uh, for the seasonal peak snow water um, uh, accumulating period, and so things could still change, but uh, the mountain snowpack is, is getting more into focus, coming into focus for us. Um, we did, our office uh, does a water supply forecast for the mountainous west, and we issued one this past Monday, March the uh, 2nd, and it, uh, our um, uh, water supply volumetric 
forecast projects a near average runoff volume for the mountainous west. Uh, the Milk River Basin itself is projected to have a, uh, a below average runoff season, but the Yellowstone, the Upper Missouri, and both the North and South Platte basins are all expected to have a near uh, average runoff year for 2020. Uh, and as I've already said about the plains, the only appreciable plain snowpack um, is to be found in the Black Hills and in the eastern Dakotas. And the eastern Dakota snow is um, going to be the driver uh, for the uh, James and Big Sioux River uh, flooding prospects, and we, we do outlook a moderate to major flooding uh, along the, uh, both the James and the Big Sioux over the next uh, several weeks. As we all know, we're going into the spring runoff with extremely wet soils. However, uh, the mild winter that uh, I alluded to earlier uh, has uh, precluded uh, frozen ground being developed at least um, uh, outside of, say, uh, Montana and North Dakota. Um, and so frozen ground is not expected to play a significant role in the plains runoff production. Uh, also, on the same note, the mild winter has resulted in a much reduced likelihood to see ice jam breakup flooding. Um, now, we're, we are seeing some ice uh, move through the Yellowstone, for instance. And so, we, you know, you can't rule out ice jam uh, impacts in Montana and uh, North Dakota, but for the most part, uh, uh, ice jam, uh, the risk for ice jam flooding is, uh, is almost negligible uh, at this point for the bulk of the basin. Plains snowmelt is now underway. Uh, we do have rises in the Milk River Basin in the Plains uh, area of the Milk River Basin, and actually one of her tributaries is now in minor flood. Uh, we have renewed flooding along the lower James River in South Dakota. Uh, today marks the 357th consecutive day of flooding along the James in South Dakota, and, uh, and now the 2020 runoff is, is causing new rises on top of that. And so um, we can truthfully say that the 2019 flood along the James never came to an end. We also have rises due to plain snowmelt along the Big Sioux River in South Dakota and the Little Sioux River in Iowa. And both of those rivers, the Big Sioux and the Little Sioux, uh, currently have locations now in minor flood. And last week we experienced minor flooding along a few of the streams in central Missouri due to rain events. And this, of course, is typical. Thunderstorm activity drives springtime flooding in the lower portion of the basin. Our office issued the second of three spring flood outlooks on Thursday, February the 27th. We are expecting minor level flooding in the Milk River Basin, which, as I've just said, we're now experiencing. Uh, we are calling for major level flooding along the James and South Dakota, the Big Sioux River in both South Dakota and Iowa, and, Little, and the Little Sioux River in Iowa. Uh, all of those uh, rivers we expect to see major level flooding. We do expect minor uh, flooding across eastern Nebraska, including the Platte River itself, and moderate level flooding is expected along many of the rivers in eastern Kansas and across the state of Missouri. The Missouri River itself is likely to see flooding extending from Blair, Nebraska to the mouth, with moderate level flooding likely along many locations downstream and including Nebraska City. Many of the levees along the Missouri River downstream of Gavin's Point have not been fully restored after the 2019 flood, 
And even though the National Weather Service is in continual communication with other federal agencies with regard to the um, current stage flow relationships, uh, river stage um, uh, short-term forecasts as well as long-range outlooks will have a high degree of uncertainty due to the current state of the channel and the overbank areas. The National Weather Service will be issuing its third official spring flood outlook, outlook next Thursday, 12 March, and the national headquarters of the National Weather Service will release the hydrologic assessment for the nation on March 19th. And thank you, and this concludes the National Weather Service brief. Back to you, Eileen. Thanks, Kevin. I will turn it over now to John Remus with the Missouri River Water Management Division. Thank you, Eileen, and thank you, Kevin, for that uh, update on the weather and the, the forecast. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm John Remus, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division. Our office is responsible for regulating the Missouri River Mainstem Reservoir System. I will provide some general remarks, and then I will turn the discussion over to my senior staff for more detailed information. As Kevin mentioned, we are just, entering, or just beginning the 2020 runoff season. I want to ensure everyone in the basin that the Corps remains fully committed to our flood risk reduction mission, protecting stakeholders when we can from significant hydrologic events that pose a threat to human health and safety. Floods can and will occur regardless of basin or, or system conditions, including ice-induced flooding during the winter freeze-in and spring breakup periods, and flooding due to thunderstorms, particularly along the lower Missouri River, which cannot be mitigated by the operation of the mainstream reservoirs. Further, it is important to understand that the volume, timing, and location at which runoff enters the system significantly impacts the timing and amount of the releases from our projects. Each runoff season or flood event is unique. Care should be taken when comparing one event to another. People throughout the basin have been and some continue to be directly impacted and some severely impacted by the 2019 flooding. The Corps of Engineers is well aware of the damage that last year's flooding has caused and we are doing all we can to reduce the impacts and assist in the recovery. The reservoir system reached the base of the annual flood control pool on January 20th. The full 16.3 million acre-feet of system flood control storage is available to capture and manage the 2020 runoff season, or basin runoff, excuse me. We posted the March 1st, 2020 upper basin runoff forecast on Monday. The forecast of 2020 upper basin runoff is 36.9 million acre-feet. This is an increase of 0.6 million acre-feet from the February 1st forecast. If realized, the forecasted 2020 runoff will be the ninth highest runoff in 122 years of record keeping. Kevin Grody will provide more details on the runoff forecast. A large runoff does not necessarily mean flooding. As I mentioned earlier, the volume, timing, and location at which runoff occurs is important. However, there is an increased potential for high flows and higher than average releases, and people need to be aware of this. We will continue to monitor the basin conditions and make adjustments as needed. As the spring and summer runoff begins, we may have to make several release changes from all of our projects. Ideally, we would be able to provide some advance notice of these changes through press releases or through our social media posts. However, this may not be possible in all cases. Therefore, I encourage all interested parties to check the Missouri River Basin Water Management and the National Weather Service websites on a daily basis for the most up-to-date information on system conditions and forecasted river stages. 
That concludes my remarks. Thank you very much. I will now turn the discussion over to Kevin Grody. Thank you, John. So we're going to move to slide 17. As indicated by the blue line there, or the blue bar, warmer than normal temperatures leading to plains snowmelt resulted in February 2020 runoff of 2.5 million acre feet, which is more than two times average. As you can see by this graphic, we are expecting above average runoff for every month in 2020. So now we're going to go to slide 18. As John indicated, the 2020 calendar year runoff forecast for the Upper Missouri Basin, which is uh, above Sioux City, Iowa, is 36.9 million acre feet. This is 143% of average, and this uh, forecast is slightly higher than what we forecast in February. So moving to slide 19, as Kevin Lau indicated, soil moisture conditions, conditions continue to be very wet in the majority of the upper basin, ranking between the 95th and 99th percentile in most locations. Generally, when soil moisture is high during the winter, the potential for high March and April runoff is much higher. So now we're going to go to slide 20. In slide 7, Kevin Lau showed how much plain snow remains in the upper basin. This slide shows how much of the plain snow has melted in the last three days or 72 hours. We are seeing, and we continue to expect to see over the next several weeks, rises in flow and stage in the tributaries where plain snow is melting. This week, the Corps is collecting additional snow water equivalent measurements from its cooperative observers, as well as an Omaha district team that's measuring SWE amounts or snow water equivalent amounts in eastern South Dakota, particularly in the James Basin, James River Basin and in the Big Sioux River Basin. That information is being shared with the National Weather Service Office that produces the snow models and graphics that we're looking at. And now slide 21. As Kevin Lau indicated, the mountain snowpack is accumulating at slightly above average rates. Since February 1st, the mountain snowpack increased from about 98% of average to 104 and 105% of average in the floor pack in garrison reaches, respectively. We're about 80% through the mountain snowpack accumulation period. Mountain snowpack normally peaks around April 15th. So in summary, the 2020 calendar year runoff forecast is 36.9 million acre feet. And as John mentioned, if realized, this runoff volume would rank as the ninth highest annual runoff for the upper basin in 122 years of record keeping. I will now turn it over to Mike to speak to the reservoir studies. Okay, thanks, Kevin. Uh, slide 23 shows the reservoir system storage. As John mentioned, system storage reached 56.1 million acre feet in January, which is the base of the annual flood control zone. This means that all the stored 2019 flood water was evacuated from the system. Currently, the system storage is at 56.6 million acre feet. Gavin's Point releases averaged a record 34,800 CFS in February. Releases were decreased from 38,000 to 35,000 CFS earlier this week. As the plain snowpack continues to melt, releases will be adjusted as needed based on reservoir system and downstream conditions. Releases will remain above average as conditions allow 
in order to maintain more flood storage for a longer period of time. Uh, moving on to the monthly reservoir studies, the basic simulation uses the runoff forecast that Kevin just discussed. Due to the amount of variability in precipitation and other hydrologic factors that can occur over the next several months, we also develop an upper and lower runoff that are then used in the upper and lower basic simulations. These simulations provide a range of reservoir elevations and releases that may be expected under different runoff scenarios. The discussion to follow will focus on the basic or most likely runoff forecast. Information on the other runoff simulations is posted on our web page. Moving to slide 24, Fort Peck, Garrison, and Milwaukee are currently 1.1 0.6 and 1.1 feet above the base of their respective flood control zones. Fort Randall Reservoir, which is typically drawn down in the fall and refilled over the winter, is 5.1 feet below the base of the flood control pool and is lower than average for this time of year, mainly as a result of the aggressive release schedule from the system. As shown on the basic forecast, Fort Peck Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 2240.9, 6.9 feet into the 16-foot flood pool, which extends from elevation 2234 to 2250. Peak releases are expected to average about 11,500 CFS this summer. Pearson Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 1845.9, 8.4 feet into the 16.5-foot flood pool, which extends from elevation 1837.5 to 1854. Peak releases are expected to average about 27,000 CFS this summer. Milwaukee Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 1616.1, 8.6 feet into the 12.5-foot flood pool, which extends from elevation 1607.5 to 1620. Peak releases are expected to average about 37,000. Go to the next slide. The service level is used to determine releases from Gavin's Point Dam to support navigation and to help provide an eight to nine foot deep navigation channel downstream. The navigation service level <clears throat> at the start of the navigation season is typically based on the March 15th system storage. <clears throat> because of the higher than normal runoff forecast under the basic simulation, releases from Gavin's Point will likely be at the expanded service level in other words, they'll be above full service navigation to evacuate flood water and maintain some flood control storage in the upper reservoirs. Monthly average releases from Gavin's Point are expected to range from 33,000 CFS during the summer to 42,500 CFS in the fall. Releases will be reduced in response to downstream flooding when appropriate. The service level for the remainder of the navigation season and the navigation season length are based on the July 1st system storage. Under the basic forecast, flow support for navigation would again be above full service after the July 1st storage check and a full eight-month navigation season with a 10-day extension would be provided. Energy generation at the main stem dams under the basic simulation is 11.8 billion kilowatt hours the long-term average is 9.4 billion kilowatt hours. Go to the next slide. Slide 26 shows the Missouri River Basin weekly update, which is found on our website at the address shown on the top of the slide. 
The web page gives a general overview of the current conditions in the Missouri River Basin and is updated weekly, usually on Tuesday morning. Thank you, and that concludes my remarks. Thanks, Mike. And uh, we're going to hand it over to the Kansas City District. Eileen, can you hear me? Sure can. Uh, good afternoon. I'm Jed Kneeven. I'm the Emergency Management Chief of the Kansas City District. I'm going to give you a quick overview of where we uh, stand with uh, levy rehabilitation. So to date, uh, we've received 119 requests for assistance. Uh, we're expecting a little over uh, 70 uh, projects. Uh, the slide that we provided shows 59 PIRs submitted and approved. That number is actually a little higher, uh, but we reduced uh, the ones here um, to show only the ones that we are moving forward with projects. So it's showing 59 right there. So we still got a little ways to go with damage assessment and uh, uh, with PIR approval, which stands for Project Information Report. That's how we justify our repairs. Uh, as of this date, uh, we've got 28 contracts uh, or requests for proposals uh, out on the street uh, with seven contracts awarded. Uh, the contracts awarded for North Kansas City, a federal levy, uh, Berger, a non-federal levy, Labadee 5 and 6. It also includes Lavity 4 as part of that project, all non-federal levies. Uh, MRLS R471-460, uh, which is a federal levy uh, near Elwood, Kansas. Kansas Department of Corrections, a non-federal levy. The MyD levy, a non-federal levy in East Bottoms, which is here in the Kansas City metropolitan area, which is a federal levy. And then if you look at the bottom right hand of that slide, uh, we have several projects that uh, we are pretty close to having solicitations ready to go. RENS, uh, which is a non-federal levy near Just City, Missouri, and then R440, L400-408, which are upstream of Kansas City, and are all three federal levies. At the bottom of the slide, you, if you want additional information, you can reach out to our website. We provide the, the address and the link right there. And with regard to flood preparations, we are currently in flood preparation mode here in the lower basin. Uh, we've been conducting outreach. Uh, this week we spent time with the Missouri Farm Bureau and the Missouri Levy and Drainage District Association uh, with our partners talking about levy repairs, spring flood preparedness, and spring flood outlook. Uh, as we move further into the season, we will be conducting flood fight training with some of our sponsors. Uh, and we've already begun our internal uh, training with our liaison teams. And that concludes our remarks. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Doug. Chris, further, you on? Chris, further, star six to come off mute. Oh, here I am. <laughs> Okay. Uh, okay. Do you have some Thanks. information to provide? I do. Thank you, Eileen. Um, good afternoon. I'm Christopher Perzer. I'm the chief of the Kansas City District's water management section. Um, at this time, there really isn't sufficient uh, flood control activity across our 18 district reservoir projects uh, to justify creating a presentation slide. Um, nevertheless, I would like to speak briefly to the status of flood control operations in our Kansas and Osage Basin lakes. In the Kansas Basin, only Tuttle Creek and Clinton have, uh, have water accumulating in their flood pools. 
neither project has more than 1.5% of their available storage occupied. Both projects are current re currently releasing in excess of inflows, and we expect that this storage will be eliminated in a week or less, uh, barring any future rain. Uh, whereas in, in the Osage Basin, uh, Stockton, Palm de Terre, and Truman uh, have water accumulating in their flood pools. Stockton's flood control pool is presently 15% occupied, uh, and barring future rain, it will require approximately two weeks to eliminate uh, this water. Neither Truman nor Palm de Terre have more than 5% of their available storage occupied, and both projects are currently releasing in excess of inflows. We expect that this storage will be eliminated in a week or less, barring any future rain. Uh, and that, that concludes my brief. Thank you very much. All right, thank you, Chris, and uh, Matt Kraske. Yeah, hey, thanks, Eileen. This is Matt Kraske, the Readiness Branch Chief with the Army Corps of Engineers Omaha District. Uh, the Omaha District Emergency Operations Center continues to monitor basin conditions um, within all the states within our district boundaries. Um, since our last call, we've continued our progress on levee closures in the basin. As of March 1st, 24 breaches on five separate levee systems along the Missouri River within the Omaha District's AO have been closed, and the levees have been returned to their pre-flood height. I do want to stress that even though these systems have been returned to their original height, they do not yet offer the same level of risk reduction as they did prior to March of 2019. There's still an elevated risk until all of the damages on the levee systems can be repaired. Repair efforts continue on these levy systems to restore them to the pre-March 2019 risk reduction level, including repairing erosion, establishing sod cover, placing riprap, repairing drainage structures, and other miscellaneous repairs on the levy systems. The five breaches on levy unit L536 in northwest Missouri remain open. The Army Corps of Engineers and the levy sponsor have coordinated closely since the flood event to develop plans to rehabilitate the levy. The levy sponsor is in the process of securing the needed real estate right now, and then a contract to begin repairs will be advertised. In addition to repairs to levees along the Missouri River, repairs are continuing on multiple tributary levees, including the Western Sarpy Levee and Clear Creek Levee on the Platte River. To date, the Omaha District has secured more than $400 million for levy rehabilitations, while at the same time putting in place additional contracting tools to continue the flood response and repair efforts. <clears throat> the Omaha District is also continuing to develop design and repair contracts for the remaining damaged infrastructure along the tributary systems, with the goal being to have all of the tributary system repairs under contract before the summer of 2020. For regular updates, on our repair efforts to the flood control structures, visit the Omaha District System Restoration webpage at www.nwo.usace.army.mil. Click on the red levy status updates icon on the left side of the page where you can track the status updates and view photos and videos. We remain vigilant concerning the time of year and the weather conditions, and we can't reiterate enough that life safety continues to be our primary focus of our efforts to repair the levy systems. We continue to work with federal, state, and local emergency management agencies to keep the public informed. This concludes my comments. Thank you. 
Thank you, Matt. Before we move to the question and answer session, I want to point out that our next call will be May 7th. In the month of April, we will be holding our public meetings across the basin. The locations and times of those meetings are in our press release and posted uh, on the screen now, as well as on our website. Please note that invitations for these calls are sent to a blind CC email list. We are noting that some email servers reject these messages as spam and will be returned as undeliverable. Please ensure that your mail server is able to receive emails sent from the email address cenwd-pa at usace.army.mil and to receive emails sent to mailing lists. We post regular updates and graphics to Facebook and Twitter at NWDUSACE, and we have an information portal on our agency website at www.nwdusace.army.mil slash mrwm slash mrwmapp. We'll move into the question and answer period. I'm going to manage questions based on groups and locations. We'll start with congressional, tribal, state, local governments, including levy sponsors and emergency managers, and then we'll move to the media. We'll go in alphabetical order by state. Remember to press star six to unmute your phone. If you have a question, please state your name and the organization you represent before asking your question. Okay. We'll start with the state of Iowa. Kansas, Missouri, Montana. Yes, this is Dan Claxton with KRCG in Jefferson City. Um, hey, Dan, my... uh, we'll get to the media um, the second round. Okay, sorry about that. That's okay. We're just focusing on the What did you say the peak releases would be from Garrison this summer? Uh, 27,000 CFS. Okay, I, just, I, did, I didn't quite hear you. Thank you. And again, that's under the basic forecast. Say again? Again, that's under the basic forecast. We run those three different scenarios. That uh, 27,000 is for the basic condition. Okay, thank you. Thank you. State of Wyoming. Okay, now we'll move to the media. Again, star six to unmute your phone to ask your questions, state your name and the organization you represent. State of Iowa. Kansas. Missouri. Okay, Dan. Dan? Okay, can yes, can you hear me now? We got 
Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, this is Dan Claxton. I'm with KRCG TV in Jefferson City. And my question specifically regards uh, levy repair issues for two specific levies, the Wrens levy and the Capital View levy that both protect Jefferson City. Can you give me an update on uh, the status of those projects? This is Mike Duke with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers here at the City District. Uh, so, uh, Capital View uh, levy, that contract has been advertised, uh, so we should be seeing uh, uh, open bids for that uh, late next week, March 12th, I believe. Uh, once that's done, uh, we'll review those bids, and then we can issue a notice to proceed. And once that proceed, uh, notice to proceed is issued, typical construction window is about 120 days, sometimes a little longer, uh, depending on weather delays and and uh, the magnitude of the damages out there. But uh, you could be looking at uh, late summer, early fall of this year uh, for a full capital view repair. And then on RINs, checking my notes, uh, RINs is ready to advertise. So it looks like we've got uh, everything from the levy district we need in terms of uh, real estate agreements, cooperation agreements, uh, and their cost share information. So. Uh, I would expect to see that contract advertised in the very near term. And once it is, the contract will be on the street for 30 days before we open bids. So that's kind of where we are. All right, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Any other questions? Media, State of Missouri, star six to unmute. All right, Montana. Nebraska. This is Dinah Pulver. Can you hear me? Yes. I'm with the um, a, a group of Gannett papers, including a, some, a couple of papers in Missouri and um, Nebraska. And I wondered if there is the one slide covered, it looks like it, it said overall, but it covered just the levees in the Kansas City District, right? There wasn't a slide that outlined all the repairs in the Omaha District? That's correct. Um, for the Omaha District repairs, if you go to www.nwo.usace.army.mil and click the red levy status update button, they have everything there. Okay, and are those, do these repairs, are they all the repairs or just the repairs from the 2019 flooding? They're all from 2019. Is there a place to get a status on the repairs from previous floods? Matt and Jed, I'll let you guys answer that. So we have, we, this is Judd Kneeven here in Kansas City. So we have several uh, that were damaged in previous floods, but uh, 2019 uh, uh, did additional damage to those ones that were already under repair. Uh, so they, so counting them as previous year damages and repairs, we just move them forward into the 2019. So like on our end, like the Labity 5 and 6, it was originally uh, damaged in 2015. Uh, Labity 4 was 2015. And so what we did is we just took those contracts which were under construction, uh, we modified them, and uh, so now the damages are already included uh, with the current contract. Uh, same with uh, like uh, R-471-460, 
there were damages there. In 2019, we added them to uh, another construction contract. So they're being included. They're just not being counted separately. It's like 2015, 2017, 2019. If you go out to our uh, uh, website, nwk.usace.army.mil, go to the levy, uh, levy rehabilitation or emergency management, uh, on the right side of the page, there's a there's a, a block that talks about past levy rehab events, and uh, a lot of times you can find the information you're looking for there. But for the for the current effort, we just carried everything forward into 2019. Thank you. Yeah, this is this is Matt Kraske with the Omaha District, and um, similar to what Judge just said, we we had a few projects from. 2017 and 2018, but the damage from 19 was so extensive that we just moved everything forward. So right now there are no other repairs being done other than the 2019 rehab projects. Okay, thank you. Is there any general sense of um, what percentage of the levies are in need of repair of the overall percentage of levies? Um, from the Omaha district, I could I could get you that number. I mean, we we have levies across um, the better part of seven states, so um, right. it, it's it the the damage right there in the Omaha, you know, in the Nebraska, Iowa, Missouri, it was pretty much all the levies um, in that area were damaged in in one way or another. Um, as far as a percentage district wide, I'd have to get that to you. Okay, thank you. Been from Kansas City for uh, levies that participate in the PL8499 program, both federal levies and non-federal levies. Uh, about 55 to 60 percent of the total levies that participate in the program were damaged in the 2019 flood event. And how many have been repaired? Just uh, time. Of those in the system, none of them would. I would say none of them have been repaired. Some of them have had damages repaired. But from a total system perspective for each levy system, I don't think any of them are whole. Okay, thank you. That's all my questions, I think. Thank you. Uh, any questions, any additional questions, State of Nebraska? Star six to unmute your phone. Okay, this is Nancy Garter from the World Herald. Can you hear me? Yep. Hey, my question is about the um, spring runoff from, uh, up in the Dakotas. Is the forecast such that you guys would anticipate a rapid melt, a slow melt? How much does the forecast uh, worry or assure you? Kevin, well, can you answer that one? Well, the temperatures are trending toward warmer than normal. So uh, I would expect a quicker um, melt. But, um, you know, we're not, uh, at least in North Dakota, we don't have any um, uh, uh, National Weather Service forecast locations that we believe are going to go into flood. Um, well, that's in, the, that's in the western part. Uh, we do think that uh, the James River 
Angry um, or Pipestem Creek will go in the flood. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'll have to get. I'll get back to you, Nancy. I guess I, I hadn't really thought about uh, the quickness of the of the warm up or how that's comparing exactly with climatology. So uh, let me get back to you on that. Okay, because my question is mostly like. Okay, so you know there's going to be major flooding. Are you anticipate major flooding on the Big Sioux, Little Sioux, and James? But I'm wondering to what extent um, a rapid melt might be a problem for, might occur, and then might be a problem for the rest of the Missouri along the Nebraska-Iowa border. Does that help at all clarify? Yes, it does, yeah. Okay. Okay. Hey, thank you both. Thank you all. That's my question. Thank you, Nancy. Any other states in Nebraska? Moving to North Dakota. South Dakota. Again, star six to unmute. And Wyoming. Any final questions before we adjourn? I want to point out um, the meeting at Fort Peck, Montana is actually at 10.30 a.m. We will make a correction on our website and to the press release that was sent out today. Our next call is scheduled for May 7 uh, at 1 p.m. and we will see you across the basin in April at our public meetings. This concludes our call. Thank you.